Hello. Hey, mom. Hi. How come I got a name unav- unavailable number? Oh, because I'm calling you from Vox. Um. You know why I'm calling you? No. To let you know that Uber is moving forward, listening to feedback so they can improve and get better every trip. <laughs> They're building new features to take the stress out of your pickup and working on ways to keep you better protected and connected throughout your ride. And you can find out more by going to uber.com slash moving forward. It's Tuesday, June 19th, which for most Americans means nothing. It's a Tuesday in the middle of June. But for a whole lot of Americans, today, June 19th, is one of the most important days on the calendar. Just take out the nine and boom. (gasps) Happy Freedom Day! (laughs) Juneteenth is the day African Americans celebrate the end of slavery. But Brenda Stevenson, professor of history and African American studies at UCLA, says everyone should be getting behind the Juneteenth celebrations. It all goes back to Texas. Juneteenth starts really in 1865 when General Gordon Granger arrived in Galveston, Texas um, with 2,000 troops to basically take over this area that was held by the Confederacy. And as part of that, he is going to let those persons who are still enslaved in Texas during this time period know that slavery has ended. Obviously, this all comes down to June 19th, 1865. What happens that day in Galveston, Texas? What is read out and and who celebrates? General Granger is the person who um, reads this proclamation that says, The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and the rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. And that is the end of it. And people are both amazed and thrilled um, and excited. And there is dancing in the street. There is singing. There is praise to God. There are, you know, um, um, spirituals that are being sung. And um, people just impromptu um, partying, uh, running away, you know, leaving um, their plantations. Well, can you remember what happened when they set you free? you remember how the old master acted when they... No, sir, I can't remember that, you know, can't remember that. But I, I remember, you know, the time they gave them a big dinner, you know, on the 19th. Is that right? On, on the 19th. Had a long table. And just had uh, just a little everything you want to eat, you know, and drink, you know. And they said that was on the 19th. Lots of people hit the road to try to find their family members that they have been separated from. And so it is 
uh, miraculous and celebratory and exciting and frightening and jubilant moment for those hundreds of thousands of persons who are enslaved in Texas um, at the time. There was a lot of prayer services that took place, lots of marriages that took place at Juneteenth because, uh, of course, African Americans were not allowed to legally marry um, during this time period. So oftentimes after these celebrations, you'd have group marriages that took place. Hmm. So there's this celebration, this sort of joyous moment. How How is it followed? What does life become like for a freed slave in a place like Galveston, Texas, or, or anywhere else in the South? It doesn't stay a jubilant moment. Yeah. Um, this is the end of a war. This is a war that has devastated the region. Approximately 800,000 people have died. And so Reconstruction begins. There is an attempt to kind of redo the American South to make it more like, at least legally, like the Northeast. But these are laws. These are not customs. These are not behaviors. And we're still grappling, you know, so many years later with trying to have the nation actually become a place of equality um, for all people. We know that Jim Crow, you know, you know, comes in and becomes part of the experiences of, of African descended people who were slaves um, fairly soon after the end of the Civil War. I mean, once the U.S. military leaves any region, it basically goes back to the way that it was. There's disfranchisement. African-American males lose the right to vote. There is domestic terrorism in the form of lynching, um, in, the ter- in the form of burning down property, in the form of not allowing people to have property, in the form of rape, in the form of seizure of children, etc., etc. So it, it does turn fairly soon to something of a horror show uh, for those persons. And does the jubilant spirit of Juneteenth die amidst this this horror show? The jubilant spirit of Juneteenth does not die because it remains um, in um, the African-American imagination and, and history and reality as a moment when at least legally slavery ended. People did have more control over their labor. People did have more control over their families and particularly their children. So people were able to gain some property. Uh, People were able to gain um, education. And so people continued to celebrate that, but also continued to celebrate Juneteenth as a moment of inspiration for moving forward. As people saw the nation evolving towards its, its ideals of equality. So despite this being a major development, emancipation isn't a storybook ending. It's, it's lynching, as you said. It's Jim Crow segregation. How is Juneteenth celebrated after emancipation? Well, Juneteenth um, is celebrated in different kinds of ways. Some people have parades. Some people have barbecues. Some people have reenactments. Um, some people continue to have church services around it, um, fundraisers around it to help you know needy people within the community, um, etc. Many persons who, white persons who lived in the South would not allow them these celebrations to occur Hmm. on public spaces. So there were efforts by people in Galveston and other parts of Texas and throughout the South to raise money to purchase land so that there 
could have these celebrations. They happened in the segregated schools that were imposed upon, you know, African Americans. They happened as part of um, church life, as part of family life. They were also continued through um, the club movements, the Masons, the Black Masons that occurred, the ladies' organizations, um, et cetera, et cetera. Some of those celebrations went underground in the privacy of a church, mm. um, in the privacy of your home. With, of course, the domestic terrorism of the Night Riders, of the KKK, uh, it was hard uh, for some people to continue these celebrations. And so we see, particularly at the, at the height of the lynching era, which is the 1890s, the first two decade, decades of the 20th century, uh, many of these celebrations disappear. And I imagine the next big shift for Juneteenth comes around the civil rights era. What, what happens then? It really is during the civil rights era that you see more and more people as we have a renewal um, of these reform efforts to bring equality to the country, racial equality. Juneteenth reemerges as one of the celebrations, I think, that comes out of the cultural nationalism. People began to, along with the creation of Kwanzaa, people along with um, eventually uh, the Martin King's birthday being celebrated, with people celebrating more and more doing Black History Month than even doing Black History Week. Juneteenth becomes one of those markers of liberation that becomes a parallel holiday calendar um, Hmm. for African Americans and also for people who are interested in equality uh, within the country. So it's a growing global movement, just not a national movement, because I think people realize as we fight, continue to fight modern day slavery, that in order to, you know, um, be inspired to fight it, we have to look upon those moments of um, emancipation that have occurred previously. And we have to learn from it that, first of all, it's something that's uh, necessary, that's needed, that is um, appreciated, but something that oftentimes needs a lot more work associated with it once it happens. So there are lots of lessons to learn from Juneteenth um, that um, globally inspire the, the movement to end slavery worldwide. Up next on Today Explained, there's a movement to get Juneteenth recognized as a national holiday to give everyone the day off. But first, the movement's going to have to get a whole lot of white people on board. How to do that in a minute. So, Mom, Uber's goal is to improve the experience for both riders and drivers. They've been listening to feedback, working on ways to keep you better protected and connected during your ride so they can get better with every trip. Wow. You, had a, you, you said you had a pleasant Uber experience, right? Yes. What was it? The first time I, had, I took an Uber was to go to the airport uh-huh. in Austria. Fancy. The driver lived down the road, a couple of blocks down. Convenient. A very pleasant guy. And then he asked me what kind of music I like. And I said, classic rock. And then he has tapes, I think, or CD. He put one on. All the music that I like. Sweet. He was talking to me about concerts he's been to. And I was telling him about the concerts that I've been to. It was a pleasant ride. And then I didn't even feel the two-hour drive. 
Yeah. Did he did he mention that you could learn more about Uber by going to uber.com slash moving forward? No, he didn't say that. Huh. Oh, I want to tell you something else. What? Have you heard about this Displace podcast from Vox Media? No. It's all about understanding the refugee crisis from all sides, digging into the stories of how global crises unfold and focusing on the most innovative ways to respond. So in the latest episode, the two hosts talked to a Liberian refugee who's now the mayor of Helena, Montana. Oh, my gosh. You can find the Displaced podcast wherever you find your podcasts, Mom. All right. I know where to go. Uh, Juneteenth is so important to me just because it's like it's the day that I became like a person rather than a slave or like a number celebrating it it's like celebrating your culture and your legacy and the things that your ancestors did to get you where you are today and know that you're going to do those things to get your you know your future kids and their kids and their kids to a better place than we are now just because slavery has technically ended doesn't mean that everything's like happy and dandy and equal and so it's like Juneteenth is still so significant because of like the I don't want to call them civil rights battles but just because of the battles that we still face in the African-American community. I don't believe that oppression is something that we uh, should live under or be subjected to and so you know on a personal level um, it's my it's my human right to to be able to to live equally and thrive as equally amongst our brothers and sisters. For me, Juneteenth celebrates my freedom in America. Uh, 4th of July, Independence Day, does not celebrate my freedom in America, but Juneteenth does. I am a native Texan, a native Houstonian, as I've also already said. I was born in Third Ward, raised in Third Ward in Emancipation Park. So this date commemorates my freedom as an American. Okay, so that was some audio from a Juneteenth celebration at Emancipation Park in Houston this weekend. So Texas is kind of the epicenter and birthplace of Juneteenth, but where else is it really celebrated? I think it's being celebrated by African Americans and the people of African descent in all uh, 50 states. Um, and I think, um, you know, it's oftentimes done in classrooms, in schools. It is done um, in the parks. It's done in churches. It's commemorated in state legislatures. People sometimes give gifts. There's lots of barbecues that occur. There's some parades. There's some festivals. Art, you know, art is shown. Um, there's dance. Um, music. And where does Juneteenth rank in this sort of black calendar you talk about that features MLK Day and, and Kwanzaa and Black History Month? Is Juneteenth the most important date or is it among many other important dates? I think it's among many other important dates. I mean, MLK is a national holiday. Right. Juneteenth is recognized by 45 out of 50 states now. Okay. And so um, it is a growing movement. Is there a chance that a lot of people feel like, oh, Juneteenth, that isn't me. Like, I don't want to appropriate that holiday. Mm -hmm. That holiday is for Black people to celebrate, like, their history and their struggle. And does that hurt the cause of Juneteenth then? Because people feel like they don't want to interfere with a celebration that maybe they don't belong to, to celebrate a history that they didn't suffer through. 
Well, I think that actually um, there's something for everyone in Juneteenth. I think that, you know, people celebrating the ideal of Juneteenth, which is liberation, which is equality, which is um, human respect and humanity in general, is not an appropriation. You know, it's part of the ideals of the nation. It's part of humanity, of humankind. So if one of our listeners who doesn't happen to be Black is walking home tonight and passes by a Juneteenth celebration, he or she should engage, should go out there, give someone a hug, enjoy some barbecue, whatever it might be? Well, I think, um, first of all, if it's a private event, it's a private (laughs) event. (laughs) I thought this is a big thing that we should all know. (laughs) We should definitely know it. But the person certainly could, you know, go forth and to the person and say, what's going on here? And, oh, Juneteenth, um, I've heard something about that. It's the end of slavery. And I celebrate that. You know, that's wonderful. Uh, Can I have a rib? (laughs) (laughs) I think that many people uh, would say, well, you can have some potatoes. (laughs) I wonder if you were president and could wave a magic wand and decide how Americans, white, black, brown, any color, creed, race, how they marked Juneteenth, what what would you put forth? What would you establish? I would want... Um, some, you know, moments dedicated um, after you come home from the mall, you know. Which is inevitable. Or, or, or you know, get the sand out of your bathing suit, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, for people to, to, to spend even if just a tiny amount of time talking about what it is to be a free person um, in this world and why freedom is important to each and every person and how we should not take it for granted and we should not think that everyone has the same privileges that many of the people in this country have and that we need to make certain that we promote that in whichever small or large way we can do so. Um, This is something I would ask the nation to do. I would ask the world to do. Whether they choose to do so or not is part of their rights as a free person. Brenda Stevenson teaches history and African-American studies at UCLA. I'm Sean Ramos for him. Happy Juneteenth. If you really want to play, please get set aside a day. Grab your desk and come and meet the Juneteenth Jamboree. Man, they really pitch a ball. Go to wigs the jobs and all. Everything is strictly free. The Juneteenth Jamboree. There's no shirking, no one's working. Everybody stops. Gums are chopping, corks are popping, doing the Texas hop. If you really want to spree, chicks galore, I'll guarantee. Grab your dozen, come at me. The Juneteenth Jamboree. One last reminder that Uber is moving forward. You can find out more about how the company's building new features to take the stress out of your pickup and working on ways to keep you better protected and connected throughout your ride by going to uber.com slash moving forward.